We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, Best Game Cox podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, April the 20th, 2021. Today's show, drum roll, please. We are officially handing out some grades and awards in our midseason report card and awards show for the 2021 Gamecocks baseball season. Believe it or not, we're already at the halfway point. 15 SEC games in with just 15 more to go, guys. Like I said, I'll hand out first my grades for the Gamecocks pitching, hitting, fielding, coaching, and their overall. And also, we've got some awards to give away, some hardware, including the Golden Scythe Award, the Michael Roth Award, Scott Wingo Award, Freshman of the First Half, the Moore's Mihi Lucrum Award, the TSUS Midseason MVP, guys. Tons to give away, tons of hardware to hand out. Also, news and notes to get into, including capacity expanding at Founders Park. The Rowdy Roosters' voices have been heard, and they will be packing out the stadium this weekend when Arkansas comes to town. Guys, we got a lot to get into, an exciting show here on a Tuesday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention the companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni, guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina. If you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group, or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Let's get it.
15 down, 15 more to go. My, oh, my, how time flies when you are having fun, folks. That's right. We're officially at the midway point of the 2021 SEC baseball season. Guys, first things first, hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, shows the Spurs Up show as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. I heard that USC has a wellness day today. I think it's either today or tomorrow. I'm pretty sure it's today, though. So if you're a USC student and you're tuned in, hope you're enjoying your wellness day. I'm sure you guys are all taking your time to, to mentally reset and focus, or you're probably out of the pool getting shit-faced today. Either way, though, whatever you're doing, appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you so much for the love and support, guys. Seriously, it means the absolute world to me. This is an exciting week, and I'm fired up. And you know what? I'm fired up for today's show because anytime. I get to grade people, first off. But no, seriously, anytime I get to hand out some awards, we get to hand out some hardware, we get to talk about it, we get to reflect on the first half and break it all down and look ahead to the second half of the season, guys, it's always a fun time. And you might be saying, Chris, it's not the halfway point of the season. We're past that. Well, guys, we're at the halfway point of the SEC season. In case you didn't know, 15 games down, five SEC series in the books. Gamecocks sit at 10 and five right now. Five more to go. And I figured, you know what? This is the real halfway point of the season, right? I mean, the SEC season's what matters. That's what really counts in all of our minds anyways. So I figured, why not? This is the perfect time to do so. And again, we're going strictly off of SEC statistics. So if a guy hit 400 non-conference, but he's hitting 100 in SEC play, well, guess what? He's probably not going to get the award that you think he deserves. But again, very excited. Appreciate you guys tuning in here on Tuesday, guys. I got a lot to get into, a lot to break down. I'm excited to be chatting with you guys again. So much going on this week. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs. Podcast all week, Daily Crow all week, guys. I'm fired up. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. Without further ado, let's start first. We're going to go through the grades first. I'm going to grade each individual portion of Gamecocks baseball if you over the first half, and then we will get into... Drum roll, please, our award show. All right, let's start with the grades, guys. And first thing, we're going to start on the bump, my favorite place, the Gamecocks pitching staff. And we saw it in the non-conference, you know, the arms on arms on arms on arms. And that's what I talked about all preseason long. I felt really good about this Gamecocks pitching staff in the sense this was the most depth you had had in a long time when it came to competing realistically weekend after weekend after weekend. Because in the SEC, you need guys. You need dudes. You need pitching depth. And again, I thought for the first time in a while, you truly had that pitching depth to compete. Well, the statistics reflect that also. In SEC play, this team through 15 games is a 3.48 ERA, one of the best in the conference. But these are the stats, guys, that really stick out to me most. Okay, these are the stats that stick out to me most. Hitters are hitting just 215. SEC hitters are hitting just 215 against South Carolina pitching to this point. The Gamecocks have struck out in 15 games. The Gamecocks have struck out 177 batters. Over 10 strikeouts per game against the best hitting competition in the country. Oh, by the way, they've also only walked 56 guys in those 15 games. And what's crazy, what's crazy about all these statistics, you take a look at your starters, and you start taking a look at guys' records, if you will. Will Sanders sits there with a 3-0 record. Brett Carey, 2-0. Brandon Jordan, 3-1. You've done all of this with your ace Thomas Farr in SEC play, 
0-3 with a 4.85 ERA. Imagine what this pitching staff is going to be like once he gets going. But overall, top to bottom, you know, I feel like a broken record because I've said it over and over and over again every single weekend, and I feel the same way. I feel confident going into every single week. And listen, you're 10-5 and five for a reason. Your pitching has given you a chance to win each and every single time you've taken the field, even starting with Vanderbilt all the way back to the first SEC series. Your pitching has constantly given you a chance to win. And, you know, and especially these last three weekends, you know, we've talked about South Carolina, of course, losing game one coming back to win games two and three. And the hitting's been inconsistent. And at times it's been there, at times it hasn't. What's been the constant with this ball club? The pitching has been there. And I'll be honest with you guys, I know Thomas Farr has not been great. And certainly the numbers jump out at you, right? With, again, a 4.85 ERA, right? Still looking for his first SEC win, but a 4.85 ERA. Even with that being said, though, guys, I'm going to give the pitching staff, the pitchers at the midway point, I'm giving them an A+. Plus. I, I, think, I don't think the pitching, I don't think there's anything more you could have asked this pitching staff to do to this point in the season. Because even with Thomas Farr, guys, we've talked about he has not pitched that bad. Five innings, two earned runs at LSU in his last start. Yes, he's had some rocky starts. You think of Florida, you think of Mizzou. But he pitched well at Georgia. He pitched well. You know, he battled Kumar Rocker. I mean, yes, he's been inconsistent. He has not been great. But I still feel good personally about what Thomas Farr can give you in that Friday spot. But overall, top to bottom, you think about your starters, what they've done. Also, the bullpen. I mean, Brett Carey's got a 2.65 ERA. Got two saves on the year and two wins. Andy Peters has been phenomenal. For you, 14 strikeouts in nine and two-thirds. Danny Lloyd has come into his own. You know, a guy that I've talked about, break. I feel like I've been breaking this guy down forever. That if he could ever just get the confidence and fill the strike zone, he's got as good a stuff as anybody on this staff, and he's shown that of late. 2.7 ERA in four appearances. Jackson Phipps for a freshman has done well. Jack Mahoney for a freshman has done well. Julian Bosnick has given you. Guys, Julian Bosnick has thrown 10 and two-thirds innings, has 21 strikeouts. In SEC play, guys are hitting just 195 against him. And I think the big thing is this. You've really found a nice combination, and you've really established roles to this point in the season. You've really done a really, really good job doing that, in my opinion. So overall, like I said, you know, through, through 15 games, there's really not – we can nitpick, we can split hairs. There's just not much more I could have asked this pitching staff to do at this point. I think they've given you everything you could have asked for and more. And for that reason, I give the Gamecocks pitching staff the grade of an A-plus at this point, at the midway point of the SEC season. Let's move into the batter's box and talk Gamecocks hitters halfway through the SEC slate. Now, this is a little bit of a different story, and I'm sure many of you are going to be a bit more harsh than I maybe am even going to be, and I feel like I was harsh because – you take a look at South Carolina's hitters overall. And by the way, the overall ERA is 3.33. So not much of a difference, honestly. They've been good no matter who they've went against. Okay. South Carolina average-wise, hitting 268 as a ball club. That's overall. Okay. In SEC play, the Gamecocks are hitting 244. 22 home runs, 
in 15 games. Not terrible, not great. Certainly those home run numbers have dropped off, right? You think especially of a guy like Wes Clark. He's got three homers in SEC play, has 12 against everybody else. And, which by the way, here, here's something interesting. The Gamecocks are seven for seven in stolen bases. Who'd have thought that? Who would have ever predicted that? Batting a thousand when it comes to stealing bags. Maybe we should do it more often. But this is a lineup that, like we've said time and time again, it's going to be really ugly at times. It's going to be frustrating at times. And South Carolina has the same problem that basically every other team in college baseball, at least in the SEC, has. Most teams in this league have arms to keep them in every single game and every single weekend. It's just do the bats show up, and do they show up consistently enough? You look back at the first half. I mean, it's been a mixed bag. There's no question. I don't think there's been a single weekend that I look back and say, man, the bats just swung it well all three games. You know, uh, Vandy, we obviously know what happened at Vanderbilt with Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. You know, Florida, I, I would say that's the best you've looked over a three-game stretch. And, of course, you swept. But pitching was also dominant. Um, you know, I think to Georgia, you didn't swing it particularly well Friday. Came back Saturday, Sunday. Really copy-paste for Mizzou series. Really copy-paste for LSU. And, hey, LSU, we all know the story. It took you to the seventh to get it going. And, of course, game three, you just kicked that ass. But so it's been very much a mixed bag. And it's, it's, it's been kind of funny to watch fans' reactions back and forth. You know, at one moment we're terrible, one moment we're great. And that's kind of how you felt. You know, there's been moments where you're like, God, this lineup just can't figure it out. They can't hit anything. And there's been moments where you're like, Man, we just hit everything. We're great. But this is still, I still feel confident about this lineup in the sense, this is a lineup top to bottom, one through nine, can beat you with the long ball. You know, we saw them at Georgia, seven to nine guys in that weekend went yard. You know, everybody in this lineup basically can go deep. Since then, we've seen Brennan Malone go yard. We've seen George McLeal go yard. So really, one through nine can take you deep. It's just, does it show up? Because consistency is the question with this group. It's not talent. It's not ability. It's consistency. And there's been a few guys, you know, you've got uh, two guys right now hitting over 300 in SEC play. Those two guys are Colin Burgess and Brady Allen. Following them, you've got Dave Menham at 269, Andrew Eister at 255, Braylon Wimmer at 250, Josiah Seitler at 220, Wes Clark at 200, and George Khalil at 200. Then you drop off into Brennan Malone at 182, and then a bunch of guys that don't have that many at-bats. But overall, I, I think there's still a lot of talent and a lot of ability with this group, but consistency is going to be the question mark for the second half. I'm giving the hitters a C-plus for the first half of the season, for the SEC season. And you might say to yourself, Chris, a C-plus, I mean, we're 10-5. and five. We've done enough. But I think when you look at ability and what this lineup can be and what they can do, you know, we're talking about a lineup. Let's take a look at strikeouts, 150 strikeouts in 15 games, averaging 10 a game. That's still a little high. It's a little higher than you'd like. Slugging 436, not bad. Again, 22 homers. Is this a lineup that lives and dies by the home run? Maybe a little too much? That is the one thing that concerns me about this group, that maybe we rely on power a little bit too much at times. But, hey, when it clicks, when it clicks, it's fun to watch. So we're really going to see what this lineup can do in, the, in these last five series, which I'll break down a little bit more a little bit later and who you're facing. 
But uh, I give a C-plus to the hitters for the first half. I think overall, hey, they've done enough to win you ball games with excellent pitching. I'd like to see a little bit more, though. Let's move into fielding. Overall, I think the Gamecocks have been good in the field. I mean, there have not been many blunders that you can think of that are really noteworthy. I mean, probably the funniest moment of the first half, which I didn't make this an award. I didn't make this an award, but I probably should have. Probably the funniest moment of the first half, and we can laugh about it now because it didn't matter, was Jeff Heinrich just completely eating shit, tripping over the pitcher's mound and dropping that pop-up, which shouldn't have been his ball, by the way, so I don't totally blame him, but that was hilarious. But there haven't really been – there's been more, in my opinion, spectacular plays than there have been blunders, if you will. You know, we all think of Brady Allen, what he's done in center field. Uh, We think of George Khalil Ho-Hum. We think of some of the plays Jack Mahoney made at third the one night he played. Um, you know, you think of Braylon Wimmer at second base, you know, I, I think of, uh, Andrew Eister out there. I think of Colin Burgess, what he's done defensively overall. I think the fielding has been good. And for that, I give the fielders, the fielding as a whole, an a minus for the Gamecocks. And we've got numbers to back it up too for SEC game, South Carolina fielding 973 opponents averaging fielding 987. So there's still room for improvement there for sure. But I think overall, you know, South Carolina's been good in the field. I have no complaints about the Gamecocks in the field. So, again, for that, A- minus for the grade there. Let's move into coaching. Now, this one's debatable. This one's interesting. I'm sure many of you are going to be very tough on Mark Kingston. Some of you much tougher than others. I think Mark Kingston, really especially Skyler Mead, I think has done a beautiful job of managing this pitching staff. I really do. And, honestly, he was my biggest question mark. He was my biggest question mark coming into this season. You know, I was unsure – you know, and, and I think what you're also seeing, too, is I think, you know, pitching coaches, they get way too much of the credit and way too much of the blame. You know, if you don't have dudes, there's not much a pitching coach can can really do. You know what I mean? You can you can mix and match and put guys in here and pull them then. If they're not dudes, if you don't have those guys, it, it's tough for a pitching coach to do much of anything. Um, the one thing I'll say, and you guys have heard me say it time and time again, I like Mark Kingston a lot. I think he's done a really, really good job. I think he's done – you know what I think the best job he's done is? He's done a great job of letting these guys in the clubhouse be themselves. We've seen all the joking and the banter and the scythe and the reaper and all that. And we've seen how this team has, has, you know, kind of let loose and be silly and be themselves. I think Mark Kingston, the best job he's done this season is managing personalities. He's done a beautiful job of letting these guys just play. And be themselves. And hey, as Gamecock fans, as Gamecock baseball fans, we're very familiar with a team that went, oh, I don't know, fairly deep. Oh, I don't know. They won the national championship that had that same type of characteristic. When you think of the characters like Michael Roth and, you know, him leading the charge with the antics, you know, and I think certainly he said this too. They haven't let it get too far or too out of hand, but he's letting the guys be loose and be themselves. Now, what I'll say about Mark Kingston I've said this before. I'll say it again. Sometimes I do think maybe he, maybe he overthinks the situation a little bit. You know, back-to-back weekend series, you've had a Friday night where you've had a questionable coaching move that did not pay off. I'm not going to say it cost you the whole game. No, I'm not. <laughs> but you just leave yourself open to criticism when you start Jack Mahoney at third base. You put George Cleo in the two-hole, and you lose the ball game. People are going to point to that decision and blame you. So I think with Mark Kingston, keeping it simple and thinking less maybe. I mean, I, you know, Mark Kingston knows more baseball than I do, certainly. But that's maybe my one knock on him. Overall, though, coaching, I think the guys have done a great job. I'll give him a B-plus 
a B plus for the coaches. Um, you know, especially you think, hey, Mark Kingston really sparked what we've seen. He sparked this 10 and five record getting tossed at Vandy. I mean, hey, you can say what you want about Mark Kingston, but him sticking his neck out for his guys and defending his dudes. I mean, that sparked a turnaround in, in this season. There's no question. That's arguably one of the biggest moments of the first half of the SEC season is when Mark Kingston got tossed in Nashville. So overall, I give the coaching a B-plus, really solid job from the guys this year. And that moves me into my overall grade for the first half of the SEC slate. And I got to be honest, guys, I don't have a lot of complaints. If you'd have told me at this point in the season we'd be going into Arkansas at 10-5, and I would have taken it. Gladly. I would have gladly signed up for it. You know, I picked in the preseason 16 and 14. You're only six wins off that mark with five series to go. I'd say you're on a good, pretty good little pace for that. But 10 and 5 thus far, you know, I think you have a lot of talent on this team. Are you a perfect ball club by any means? No. And, and nobody is at this point. Nobody is. Everybody's still trying to get better. Everybody's still working to figure things out and tinker with things and, and mess with things and, and all that. So you're not a perfect ball club by any means, but the chemistry of this team, the win anyway, the battle, the fight within this ball club, and you've seen it produce on the field, and you see the record at 10-5, and five, guys. I don't have a lot of complaints. I think overall, all parties involved in a pretty, pretty damn good job. Like I said, I know we'd all like to see more consistency out of the bats, but outside of that, I think it was a successful first half. I mean, 10 and 5, I don't know how you could complain about that. Certainly, we could nitpick, we could split hairs and say, oh, you, you should have swept Georgia, or you should have swept Mizzou. And, hey, you're not totally wrong in some of those arguments, but when you factor in who you played at Vandy, Florida, at Georgia, at LSU, when you factor that in, I'd say 10 and 5 is pretty damn solid. So if the overall grade for me, I'm going to give this Gamecocks ball club an A. I have no complaints. I have no issues. Like I said, I think an A is a very well-deserved grade. I think it was a successful first half of the season. Ten and five, guys. The record speaks for itself. Hey, you are averaging You are averaging winning every single series you play. You are, you are averaging winning two out of three every weekend. And if you do that, and if you fin- let's say you finish 20 and 10, God forbid, you do that, yeah, hey, guess what? You probably win the conference. You probably win the conference at that point. So sign me up. I'll take it. So overall grade A, good job, fellas. Very nice. And with that being said, brr, drum roll, let's move into the TSUS midseason award show. I'm very excited for this. We've got a lot of fun awards to hand out. And I thought about starting with TSUS midseason MVP, but I'm going to move that all the way down to the bottom. The last award I give away. Save some dramatics. But officially, folks, I'm wearing my tuxedo right now. Just like the ESPYs were on national TV. No, I'm just kidding. I'm in a T-shirt and shorts. But either way, the TSUS midseason award show for Gamecocks baseball. Let's start with arguably, this, this award might be more sought after than the midseason MVP award, just for the name alone. This one or another one, I think that it'd be debatable. The Golden Scythe Award. <laughs> the Golden Scythe Award, which goes the top Gamecocks hitter in SEC play. The Golden Scythe. Who will take home the Golden Scythe? 
And I know many of you, without doing your research, will jump to, oh, West, West Clark. Got to be West Clark. Got to be West Clark. Well, it's not West Clark. Not going to lie. As much as I want to give it to Wes, and I love you, Wes, if you're listening, hitting 200 with three homers, nine RBIs. Hey, does have, by the way, I do want to give a kudos to Wes, though, because I know a lot of people right now are trying to pile on him. Oh, he's in a slump. And I, we, I know he's in a slump, right? He'll get back. Good hitters will hit. I think he's going to have a big second half. Highest OBP on the team through the first half of SEC play at 379. He has drawn 12 walks has drawn 12 walks, the next highest. You've got about three or four guys tied with, or excuse me, George Khalil is next with eight walks, which is very surprising. But 12 walks, but 379 on base percentage. So I want to give Wes some credit. But the Golden Scythe Award, which goes to the top Gamecocks hitter in SEC play. And guys, I feel like I'm going to be calling his name a lot. I know I'm going to be calling his name a lot. But I got to give it to him. This dude has blown up slugging 636 in 66 at-bats through 15 SEC games. He has hit six home runs, has 17 RBIs, hitting 303 for the Gamecocks. By the way, he's also four for four in stolen bases, none other than Gamecocks center fielder Brady Allen. Brady Allen, come on down, receive your award. The Golden Scythe goes to Brady Allen. This dude is absolutely blown up. Um, I, I talked about him all preseason long, guys, and, and just the type of player, the type of hitter he is, the what make in that leadoff spot too. He, he and he has served. It goes beyond statistics for me. He has served as such a great leadoff hitter for South County. Now that's an important role. That's a really important role. To you're the guy that sets the table. You know, you, you set the tone for the game, and I've said it many times this season. When Brady Allen's going, this whole lineup is going. And the good news for the Gamecocks is Brady Allen has been going a lot. The best eye on the team, the plate vision, the discipline. He's always getting in deep counts. He's always making a pitcher work. And again, he's blown up power number-wise with six long balls in 15 SEC games. Guys, the Golden Scythe Award goes none other than Brady Allen. Again, congratulations, Mr. Brady Allen. Let's move into... The Michael Roth Award, which very well fittingly goes to the pitcher of the first half. Now, this one, I'm sure, is very debatable. And you'll notice I spread these awards out a little bit. I didn't want to mention the same guy over and over and over again because there's certainly three or four dudes that have really torn it up this first half of SEC play, right? Which is a great thing for South Carolina. It's a, obviously, it's a really good thing. But this award goes to a guy that especially over the last three weekends, has pitched in huge, huge baseball games. And time and time again, no stage is too big, no matchup, no, no matchup provides too much pressure for this guy. Back against the wall, does not matter. He's cool, calm, and collected, and he has his strikeout pitch working, folks. 43 Ks in 27 and two-third innings. By the way, he's only walked 16 guys. He's only given up nine earned runs. Hitters are hitting just 147 against him. That is the lowest on South Carolina's pitching staff. He's 3-1 and one with a 2.93 ERA, and like I said, guys, the reason he gets this award in my mind is because he has pitched. Not just pitched well, but he's pitched well in pivotal baseball games the Gamecocks. The Michael Roth Award, awarded the pitcher the first half, goes to none other than South Carolina right-handed pitcher Brandon 
Jordan. Brandon Jordan, come on down. Get your award. Brandon Jordan, like I said, guys, has been so clutch for this Gamecocks baseball team. And I think a guy that's been a little bit underappreciated. You know, Thomas Farr is the big ace. Will Sanders is the six foot six flashy freshman. And, and you got these other guys. You got these hitters. Nobody talks about Brandon Jordan like that, man. Not many do, at least, I feel like. I feel like this guy is so underappreciated. I mean, how many big Saturday games, how many big game twos is this guy pitched in where it's a, hey, we got to win. We got to win. We're down 0-1. We need you. <laughs> we need you to go out there and deal. You know, we can't afford for you to have a day off. We can't afford for you to have an off game. You got to go out there and shove. And he's done that and even more. Like I said, 3-1, and 2.93 ERA has won some big, big, big ball games for Carolina. So, again, the Michael Roth Award for the pitcher of the first half goes to Ryan the pitcher, Brandon Jordan. Congratulations, Mr. Brandon Jordan. Let's move into the Scott Wingo Award, which, of course, goes to none other than the fielder of the first half. Now, there are a lot of guys. A lot of you are going to say, oh, Brady Allen for sure. And you could say Brady. I mean, he's played a fantastic center field, made some incredible catches, incredible plays. But the guy I'm going to go with here is, again, someone that I feel has been a little bit, at times, underappreciated. I think he's pretty well recognized. But at times, I think he's a little bit underappreciated. And I think maybe fans who are not big-time baseball fans, they don't understand how much of a feat it is that not only has this man been catching, but he catches every single game of the weekend. Folks, that is not normal. Normally, you have another catcher. Alex Boychuk gets hurt in the preseason. Wes Clark can catch fine, sure. But Colin Burgess has taken it upon himself to not only catch every ball game because he's your best option, but when he's in there, he is gunning dudes down left and right. This man is a weapon behind the plate. He has played an incredible catcher for you. And also, by the way, guys, don't take this for granted. He has managed that Gamecocks pitching staff, which has done so well this season. You got to have that guy. You got to have that guy that can do that, that can manage that pitching staff. Hey, pitchers are a little bit of head cases. Trust me. I was a pitcher. I know. Sometimes we can get in our feelings, get in our head. We don't know what's going on. You need a guy like Colin Burge to say, hey, shut up and throw the ball. Colin's been that guy, man. So, hey, Burgey, Colin Burgess, the Scott Wingo Award for top fielder of the first half. Very well deserved. Let's move into the freshman of the first half. Pretty self-explanatory, guys. And this one, I'm going to spare you all the dramatics. I think we all know who it is because this lineup for South Carolina, pretty veteran. We have not had a lot of freshmen really enter the lineup and do much, which, again, is not a bad thing because it means we have a lot of veteran hitters. But the freshman of the first half, th this one's not even debatable. <laughs> He's six foot six, 208, has thrown 22 and two thirds innings, given up just five earned runs, 20 strikeouts to three walks in SEC play. Three and oh with a 199 ERA, guys. Here's the fact of the matter he throws 95 miles an hour. He does not throw balls. He fills up the zone. He challenges hitters. He makes them hit them. And guess what? The shit's nasty. They can't touch him. The freshman of the first half is none other than right-handed pitcher, Will Sanders. Will, congratulations, the young buck from Georgia. Again, this kid, just like Brandon Jordan, has been so clutch for you. I mean, how many decisive rubber match games has this kid pitched in? From being a local guy from the state of Georgia doing it in Athens to, you know, shoving against LSU to shoving against Mizzou. I mean, just the Florida game, just time and time again. 
This was a guy we saw early in the season. You saw his makeup, and you saw his build, and you saw his stuff. And I told you guys, I was like, dude, this guy's got the makings of, of a weekend guy. There's no question. I mean, it's an effortless 94 to 95. Explosive breaking ball, plus changeup. I mean, we're talking about a guy that diced up Georgia's lineup with two pitches. Said his breaking ball wasn't working that day. So what did he do? He threw a fastball and he threw a changeup. They couldn't touch him. Will Sanders has been incredible for you, especially in SEC play. Adding him to the weekend rotation has been arguably the game changer of the season for South Carolina. And this is your future Friday night guy. I've said that over and over. This is your future Friday night guy. No question. He has all the build, all the makeup. A guy who's only going to get better from here. The sky is the absolute limit for this kid. He's going to have an unbelievable career in Garnet and Black. So, again, my freshman of the first half, None other than right-handed pitcher Will Sanders. Congratulations, Big Will. All right, let's move into the slap dick of the first half. <laughs> I had to include this. Oh, man. I, I want to knock this kid one more time. Slap dick of the first half. And you know, it's crazy. When I started this slap dick award thing after the Citadel game, and I, I wasn't planning on starting it, by the way. But when I started it, you know, I, I really started as a joke. I, I didn't think it was going to stick around. And you guys, credit to you guys, you guys really embraced it. And we just ran with it. You know, we've just been running with it ever since. And there's been a lot of slap dicks we've gone up against. No question. I mean, you think of the Florida Gators players going to the student section. You think of Missouri and all those shenanigans. You think of LSU's catcher acting like every pitch was the biggest pitch. Like they were, the, you know, the last baseball game ever played on this planet Earth. You think of the Vandy announcers. You think of the Texas guy who took 20 million years to get in the box. There's been a lot of guys like every single weekend. But one of them, one of them stands out from the rest. And really, I mean, we could credit, he, he single-handedly kind of sparked South Carolina's run. So the slap dig of the first half goes to none other than from the University of Florida, Mr. Nathan Hickey grabbing his junk, Nathan Hickey. Nathan. Congratulations. The biggest slap dick of the first 15 games in SEC play. What an honor for you, sir. And you know what? Deservedly so. Your team is sucking right now. So, good job. Go Gators. All right. <laughs> Let's move into the Moore's Mehe Lucrum Award. You're like, Chris, what the hell is the Moore's Mehe Lucrum Award? If you did not know, Moore's Mehe Lucrum is the official battle cry of Gamecocks baseball. Okay. And Wes Clark and Brady Allen are to credit for that. Moore's me, he lucre means death to me is reward. These guys are crazy. They love it. Whatever. But the Moore's me, he lucre award for me, what, 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 what it means to me is the guy who has been the heart and soul of this ball club. The guy who has embraced the Reaper mentality, you know, has, 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 has been the master of his realm and the master of the realm that is Gamecock baseball. And it's truly, like I said, been the heart and soul of South Carolina baseball through 15 games in SEC play. And I told you guys I was going to mention his name a lot because he deserves it. He deserves it. So without further ado, the Moore's Mehe Lucrum Award goes to none other than Gamecocks outfielder Brady Allen. Brady, which, you know what, it's only right – that one of the founders, one of the originators, and the Reaper of Souls himself, the Soul Reaper himself, gets this award. 
And Brady has certainly backed up on the field, man. Like I said, we can talk statistics and break all that down, and that all looks great and dandy, and it looks awesome. It really does. But what this dude has done for this ball club behind the scenes in the clubhouse as a leader, you know, leading by example, I think, and I know it cannot go, it should not go unappreciated by Gamecock fans. I mean, this dude's a true leader. He's been around Gamecock baseball. Hey, he's gone through the highest of highs. He's gone through the lowest of lows. He was part of that 2019 team that stunk, right? He was part of that squad. He went through a COVID season. And now to be back, and it feels like the kid's got a chip on his shoulder, um, has been the spark that has led Gamecocks baseball to this point. You know, where South Carolina baseball would be without Brady Allen, I have no freaking idea, and I don't even want to envision it. But the Moore's Mehe Lucum Award, the heart and soul of Gamecock baseball to the first half of SEC play, none other than Mr. Brady Allen. Brady, Soul Reaper, congratulations, sir. Very well deserved. All right, let's move into best moment. This one's fun because there's been a lot of great moments this year. But the best moment of the first half, man, it's crazy. I want to take you back to a late night at Founders Park. South Carolina baseball is down to their final strike. It looks like, oh, my God, here we go again. This is going to be a long, rough weekend. Did we really all just stay up till 1 a.m. to witness this? And then all of a sudden, (laughs) all of a sudden, the baseball gods play tricks. And Andrew Eister goes deep on an 0-2 pitch to tie the game against the Florida Gators. And, folks, I still to this day cannot comprehend that he did it. I cannot comprehend that he did that. And then to follow it up with the sequence of Jeff Heinrich, little bloopity bloop, single up the middle, and then Burgie barrels, does it again, right center gap, bullpen goes nuts, Heinrich comes around to score. That entire sequence, because you know what I had? It's funny, I had written down the best moment was just the Colin Burgess walk-off. But really what made it so awesome, and even going back to the top of the inning with Nathan Hickey grabbing his junk, you got to go all the way back to that. That entire sequence of events, no doubt, in SEC play, that that was one of the greatest moments I've ever experienced. Like, I still, that Andrew Eister, guys, that Andrew Eister 0-2 home run, that is right up there to me with, JBJ against Oklahoma. Like, I, I genuinely still to this day cannot believe that Andrew Eister went deep 0-2. I, I can't believe it. I can't, backside to Oppo. Nobody loves going Oppo more than Andrew Eister. I, it's just hard to fathom almost. So, again, best moment of this season. Congratulations. Hey, to all parties involved, Andrew Eister, Jeff Heinrich, and Mr. Burgie Barrels himself for taking down the Florida Gators on a crazy Friday night that none of us will ever forget. At Founders Park. Incredible stuff. All right. Finally, guys, before we wrap up, of course, last but certainly not least, the TSUS midseason MVP. And I feel like I've given it away at this point. I've mentioned his name so much. So without further ado, the Soul Reaper. Come back down. Mr. Brady Allen, dude. You got to give the hardware to the guy that deserves it. And, you know, like I said, I've said his name a lot. I- I- I've said his name a ton. But when you just look at this guy, what he's done, you know, off the field from a leadership perspective, on the field at the plate, in the field in center field, the plays he's made. I, I just think overall, man, South Carolina baseball is nowhere near where they are right now. 
without Brady Allen at the top of their lineup in center field and leading their guys in the clubhouse. I, I just – I think his – and I think he's honestly probably one of the most undervalued players in this conference. Does not get talked about nearly enough. Again, we can look at the numbers. He's blown up six homers, 17 RBIs through 15 SEC games. The numbers speak for themselves. But the impact he has had, the impact he has had on and off the field, I just can't say enough about it. So, again, my TSUS midseason MVP goes to none other than Gamecocks outfielder and do-it-all man, by the way, the do-it-all Soul Reaper himself, Brady Allen. Brady, just take all the hardware home, man. Brady Allen now has bragging rights in the Gamecocks dugout until the Arkansas series this weekend. So good, good on you, Brady. Good on you. All right. Before we wrap it up, guys, that's going to do it. That's going to do it for the grades and the awards. A fun show today, right? Really fun show. I'm obviously amped up, fired up, feeling good. Before we wrap it up, and I'll tell you one of the reasons I am, because right before we came on, we had a couple of news and notes for you. And one of the reasons I'm so excited the Rowdy Roosters got some very, very, very good news on Monday afternoon as Gamecocks baseball at the University of South Carolina expanded capacity at Founders Park to 3,350 fans. Hey, you know what? It's not 100%, but we're not going to complain at this point. So, and that begins, of course, for Thursday against Arkansas. So the place is going to be jumping. The Rowdy Roosters are going to be rocking. The Gamecocks are going to be crowing. It is going to be one hell of a time when Arkansas comes down. RIP Arkansas, by the way. Y'all are about to walk into a madhouse, a flat-out madhouse. So capacity expanded to 3,350. The previous capacity was like just under 2,000. So, I mean, it's a pretty big difference, like 1,600 people. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. So, hey, if you can... Get out there this weekend. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, last thing really quickly, South Carolina ranked 11th by D1Baseball.com. And I saw a lot of you guys upset and pissed off. And listen, I, I totally get it. But really, at the end of the day, none of it really matters. The only thing I was surprised about, I'm like, man, selfishly, why wouldn't D1Baseball want to make this a top 10 matchup? Like, just to play it up. You know what I mean? I'm kind of surprised they didn't do that. Again, is what it is, whatever. Um yeah, so Gamecocks baseball getting ranked 11th by D1Baseball.com. So officially, by their rankings, it will be number one against number 11 this weekend at Founders Park. And again, guys, in case you missed it, tomorrow's show will have a full series preview for the Gamecocks series against Arkansas Thursday. I'll give you guys my full series prediction. Plus, I'll start breaking down everything with the spring game on Saturday. Don't forget we got that now. And then Friday, Friday's show going to be a lot of fun because it is going to be a full spring game preview, breakdown, everything you need to know going into Shane Beamer's first spring game in Columbia, South Carolina. So again, guys, going to be a fun week. That plus the Daily Crow. We got a ton, a ton content-wise rolling out for you guys this week, guys. And again, thank you so much for the love and support, guys. I truly do appreciate it. One last thing I want to mention. The deal with Rivals in Florence, South Carolina has officially been finalized. We're getting our merch back in there in about two weeks or so. They're going to have baseball merch. They're going to have Beamer Ball merch. They're going to have all the merch. So, again, I just want to say thank you to you guys and how grateful I am. The love, support. Without it, none of this stuff would be possible. So, I truly do appreciate it, guys. Again, you guys are the engine that makes this thing go. So, again, guys, thank you so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.